Good evening, everyone. I'm Pastor Tim McCarthy. I'd like to welcome you on behalf of myself and Cindy Cox, and, uh, who co-labors with me. Anybody here for the first time tonight? Quite a few of you, I think. Very welcome if you're here for the first time. You're welcome if you're not here for the first time. <laughs> we normally we have one of our team has a beautiful shofar, which came from Israel, and which is very symbolic. And uh, he's normally here to open our meeting with a shofar, but he's in Florida today. So I'm going to open in prayer and make you feel home and welcome. One of the most effective three-word prayers I've ever heard are very simple. And whenever they pray, there's always an anointing. Simply come, Holy Spirit. I want everybody to say that together. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight. This is your service. This is your place. This is your house. These are your people this is the reason why we've come to co-labor with you, Holy Spirit, and lift up Jesus and glorify him. Father, as the meeting starts tonight, I'm going to do what we normally do, and I'm going to pronounce a blessing on all of you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance unto you and give you peace. I pray for the anointing and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray for signs and wonders and miracles. I pray that everyone who comes sick tonight will go home healed. I pray that everyone who comes depressed and down tonight will go home encouraged in Jesus' name. I pray that good things will happen in this room. I pray for a host of angels to surround and encamp about this meeting. We thank you, Father. That everyone who has a need, Lord, will get a response from you. We thank you, Lord, that you have made provision for our every need. And we bless Cindy Cox, who's about to come and speak the word. We ask you to bless her, anoint her, let her words go forth with power and unction. And most of all, may Jesus be glorified in everything we do tonight. And all of God's children said... Amen, and praise the Lord. Amen, amen. That was awesome. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Oh, I don't need that. I have a mic today. I am excited for tonight. I'm really excited. I'm always excited if you guys know me, but today I'm extra excited. So watch out. So watch out. I know I don't usually do this, but Cindy... Would you and, and your friend, would you guys come closer? You're so far away. Just come closer. This is my really good friend, and I'm so excited she's here. So I don't want her to be sitting with too far away. So, okay. I want to start by just kind of, can this sounds, this just, does this sound, can you understand me, or does it sound muffled? It sounds okay. Okay, then I won't worry about it. I just want to make sure you can understand. I'm, I'm using a, this mic today because we're going to be doing some, some sharing of testimonies, interview style, and so we wanted to have two mics so we didn't have to pass it back and forth. So that's why we're doing things a little bit differently today. About two weeks ago when I was teaching, I shared a topic 
And the title was, I Believe, Help My Unbelief. I'm going to just give you a, a mini, mini review because after I taught this, God really moved on my heart to, and that's why we're doing what we're doing today. So I need to give you this background before I kind of share what we're going to do today. So the title, this comes from scripture. Do you remember the man, the father, whose son was the epileptic and he had been, he'd had the seizure disorder his whole life. And he came to the apostles and asked them for help to heal. Because they, they, the, the father knew that signs and wonders were following the apostles. But the apostles prayed. And they weren't able to heal the little guy. And then, um, and then Jesus came. And Jesus started talking to the man. And Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And the dad said, I believe help my unbelief. How many of you have been in that place where you said something like that? I know I believe. I know who you are, God. I know you're amazing. But I have this impossible situation. Whether it's impossible according to the doctor or whether it's impossible just because of the magnitude of the issue. But whatever the case, it seems impossible. Like that dad with a son who had epilepsy. He said, it's impossible. And but Jesus being there was enough for him to say, okay, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus healed that little boy. Well, when I taught a couple weeks ago, I taught about the difference and how they're actually opposing forces. So faith is the believing part. And faith comes as we focus on God. Faith comes as we focus on God, on his promises, Faith comes as we fix our eyes on Jesus and his finished work. There's a scripture in Galatians 5, 6. And the gist of it says, faith works by love. I'm going to, Ken, if you could get the screen ready. I'm going to read it in just a second. I'm not quite ready, but if you can get it ready. So the first part of the scripture says, faith works by love. So I want to just settle here for just a minute. As we come to... to have a relationship with God, the God of the Bible, the faithful God, the one and only God. As we come into relationship with him, as we come into a place of intimacy with him, love is a part of it. I know when I first started developing a relationship, I had no idea what I was in for, and it was really good. I had no idea, though. Because I had always had a religious, I don't even call it relationship, I had a religious experience, but I didn't have a relationship. When that relationship started, something changed. The love of God is available. If we seek him, he's there. And all of a sudden, I started seeing things that I'd never seen before and experiencing things I'd never experienced before. And I know it was God's love just taking care of me. I was in that place, most of you know my story, where I had stage 4 cancer. And I had so much bad stuff going on, it was awful. But I met God in that place. And he started to answer prayers. He started to touch me. He started to, to meet me right where I was at. So there was this, this love thing that was happening. It was him to me. But it also, for the very first time in my life, it was me to him. It was a true worship. It was a true prayer life. It was a true seeking, not just a religious kind of thing. 
Now the scripture in Galatians that says faith works by love, that's basically what it says. When we are immersed in that loving relationship, faith blossoms. I have to say that again. When we are in relationship with the God of this world who loves us so much, when we're in relationship, when we come to know him, faith blossoms. And that's going to be the theme that you're going to hear throughout all of the stories that everybody shares tonight because we're going to hear some amazing testimonies. I want to read Galatians 5, 6 right now out of the Message Bible. This is what it says. For in Christ, neither our most conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. What matters is something far more interior, faith expressed in love. I've never read this in the message, and I don't even know how I came across it this week. But to look at, and that's, that's what was happening in my life before. I had this conscientious religion. I was a very good religion girl. I went to church every Sunday and checked it off my list and I was done for the week until the next week. I did what was obligated and that was literally the word that was used, obligations. But I had no relationship. But the scripture says that, you know, conscientious religion, mm -mm, that's not what's important. Neither is disregard of religion. That kind of threw me for a loop. But then the next line is the key. It says, what matters, what matters is something far more interior. Religion is exterior stuff. Disregard of religion, which is living in the world and living the world's way, that's external. That's looking at what's out there and what's important to you from the outside in. But God says what amounts to something is what's on the interior. Faith expressed in love. Faith blossoms in relationship with God. Faith blossoms in a loving relationship with God. So that was the believing part. Then, two weeks ago, we talked about the unbelief part. So if faith grows when our focus is on God, if faith grows when our focus is on His promises and when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, unbelief happens in the opposite case when our focus is everywhere else, instead of God. This is the default of the world. If you're in the midst of a problem, an impossible, if you're in the midst of an impossible situation, bad diagnosis, symptoms, pain, issues of life, if you're in the middle of a, a situation that looks impossible, the default of the world is to go out and try to find the answer everywhere else. Doctors, research, people, opinions, other people's experiences. And sometimes we even look for the answer in our own works, our own works of faith. You might be a religious person. You might be a person who knows the word, who knows God's truth, but it has become a work. One of the problems with the word of faith movement, if you want to call it that, is that we have made a, a, the word, declaring the word, 
They call it confessing the word. We've made it almost into a work. And we're looking at ourselves and saying, am I doing enough? Have I confessed God's word today? Oh no, I didn't do it. I'm not going to get healed. What we're doing is that thing where we're looking from the exterior instead of the interior. God says, what matters is what's interior. So what I'm saying is all those things that we put our focus on besides God and his promise and Jesus and his finished work, all of those things become a source of unbelief because they're distracting us from what's important. Last week I shared how they're literally opposing forces and all of the stuff that we focus on can literally negate our faith. It's like two opposing forces because of this busy work of keeping your eyes on the doctor's report and the symptoms and the research and the people and the places and all that stuff. Our eyes aren't where they need to be. And faith can be canceled out. Even if you know the word, it can be canceled out. Then last week or two weeks ago, I shared a key, a really important key. And that is that we need to feed faith and starve unbelief. How do you starve something? By not feeding it. So don't feed those things of unbelief. Don't feed those, don't spend your time researching. Don't spend your time um, meditating on the doctor's report. Don't spend your time looking at your own self and saying, what's going on in my body? What's not going on in my body? Oh my goodness, I feel something here. I'm gonna focus on it. God says, uh-uh, don't, no, don't do that. Because you're feeding unbelief. I've done it. I have had lumps in my neck. I have had lumps in my body and sat and felt them and felt them and felt them and looked in the mirror and looked and looked. What was I doing? I was feeding unbelief. God says, don't feed unbelief. Feed faith. Feed faith. So starve unbelief. We have a choice. We have a choice. We don't have to feed unbelief. Feed faith instead. And I gave lots of ways to feed faith. One of the ways to feed faith is to feed on the word of God. To consume it. To read it. To speak it. To hear it. To receive it. Another way that we can feed faith is what you're doing right here, right now. Is coming to places where faith is spoken and shared and, and, and we encourage one another, we pray for one another, we believe. It's good when believers get together and believe together. It builds you up. Listening to really good teachers. That's something you did a ton, Cynthia. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. Um, reading good resources. Andrew Womack, you know, I talk about him a lot. He's my favorite teacher. I devour his his work because he takes the word of God and it is so balanced and so true and I feed on it so feed yourself on truth constantly another way to feed your faith <laughs> biggest way I should have said this first is to keep your eyes on Jesus and the finished work of the cross really literally put your eyes on Jesus what did Jesus do for me meditate on that speak out loud about what Jesus did seek the healer Many times we come seeking healing. That's what I was doing, actually. But when I was seeking healing, I kind of ran into the healer. <laughs> but seek the healer. 
And in the fourth way I talked about feeding faith is exalting God in his word. Praising God for who he is and what he's done. Exalting him. Making a choice. It's called the sacrifice of praise. Because there's a cost. Especially when you're feeling not good. Or you've got fear. Or you've got issues. God says exalt him in the midst of it. And just watch what happens. So we talked about feeding faith and starving unbelief. So that was my recap. So I went home last week, two weeks ago, and I was just seeking God, meditating, kind of thinking about what we had talked about two weeks ago. And as I was processing all this, people started coming to my head, to my memory. People who I know who have lived this. People who I know who have... uh, The word that that part of the title is of this session is, they are forever changed. They came with a need. They came with an impossible situation. They found Jesus. They were captivated by Jesus, by his word, by his truth, by his presence. They encountered Jesus. And they're different. They're not the same person anymore. They're new. They've been made new. And those people kept coming to my mind. And then it was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? Well, he said, bring them here. Let them share their story so that you can see this truth in action. The truth that it's so, the most important thing, guys, the most important thing. This this class, Pastor Tim's session here is called Jesus the Healer. Because our focus needs to be on Jesus. Yeah, you're coming for healing. But when we focus on Jesus, healing is the result. So that's what we're going to share tonight. We're going to share testimonies of people who have turned to Jesus. It's not about methods. It's not about doing everything right. If it was, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be dead. I was diagnosed and I was given a death sentence. I certainly didn't do everything right. But God met me where I was at, and I did seek Jesus. And I did become forever changed. I'm not the same person I was before I was diagnosed 15 years ago. So we're going to have three testimonies. Before I share, before I open up and we start sharing, I want to prepare you to get everything God has for you today. And this is what I want to do. I want to share the power of the testimony. I'm going to share three or four little nuggets. It's going to take 10 minutes or so. But I think this is going to prepare the the way to set the path in motion for you to receive. So here's the first thing. A testimony, the definition of a testimony is a written or oral record of anything God has done. Now here's some really cool news. Every story of every miracle, every story of every sign or wonder of God is your story too. If you're a son or a daughter of God, if you are reborn, if you are in the family of God, my story is yours because we're related and we have the same daddy. It runs in the family. So in my family, I'm very blessed because in my family, we have longevity of life, of healthy life. 
My dad is 89, my mom's 87, they're healthy as can be, they live on their own. I went and visited them this weekend, they're amazing. My dad still does all his lawn work and, oh, everything else. So anyway, that's part of my heritage, right? Well, this scripture, listen to this, Psalm 119, verse 111 says, Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Guys, that scripture says, testimonies, your testimony, my testimony, is our heritage forever. The word heritage means something that comes or belongs to us by reason of birth. We are all reborn into the same family. So my testimony runs in your family, our family, I should say. I was healed of cancer. That runs in our family. Not cancer, but being healed of cancer. It runs in our family. Isn't that good news? That's yours as well as mine. So stop saying cancer runs in my family. I'd much rather have healing of cancer running in my family. Or whatever it is. You know, maybe, maybe you've um, had a healing of something else. That runs in our family. Healing of back issues runs in our family, the family of God. It's our heritage by reason of our birth. Here's another nugget, powerful nugget about testimonies. Testimonies reveal the nature of God. Testimonies reveal the goodness of God. God's will to heal is evidenced through testimonies. Now there's a lot of biblical evidence about God's will to heal. But testimonies are another piece of evidence. They show us the heart of God. Jesus, Jesus was the living testimony of God to this world. Everything he was, everything he said, everything he did revealed the nature of God. And what did he do? He healed. He healed everyone that came to him. He never turned anybody away. When there were multitudes of people, he healed everybody in that multitude who was in need of healing. He had a heart of compassion. His heart went out to all of the lost sheep. He was compassionate. He cared. He ministered to the sinners, to the, to the uh, prostitutes, to the tax collectors. They didn't have to be cleaned up first. He healed them. And what that shows us is that's the heart of the Father. He was pointing us to the heart of the Father. Colossians 1.15 says, Now he, Jesus, is the exact likeness of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible. So when we read about Jesus in our Bible, we can see the heart of God. We can see the invisible God being made visible through Jesus. Testimonies do the same thing. Testimonies make the invisible heart of God visible. I want to give you an analogy right now. Think about road signs. I know we have GPSs now, so we don't need them quite as much as we used to. But road signs have a purpose. They lead you to a destination. Think for a minute with me, imagine for a minute, um, a trip to Florida, drive, a driving trip, 
And when you get about to Georgia, if you've ever driven to Florida, you start seeing billboards about all the theme parks that are in Orlando. Disney World, SeaWorld, etc., etc. And if you're driving with kids, and you're going to make a trip to one of those theme parks or a couple of those theme parks, when the kids see the billboards, boy, do they get excited. There's an anticipation that grows because of those billboards. But those signs are only leading to a destination. They aren't the destination themselves. And when the family actually gets to the destination, the destination is so much bigger, so much greater, so much more magnificent than the sign itself, right? That's what testimonies do. Testimonies are like a road sign. And they're amazing. They, they stir us up, they get us excited. They build our expectation. But what they're actually doing is they're pointing us to something even greater. Testimonies are pointing us to the heart of God, to the nature of God. They're pointing us to the will of God. If you're wondering, God, maybe it's not your will for me to be healed. Maybe it's your will for Cindy because she's going to go up there and teach. I'm telling you, you're believing a lie. My testimony shows you God's will for all of his people. God's word shows us his will. The testimonies of Jesus from his word show us the heart of God. So testimonies reveal God's nature. Testimonies also create an expectation. Because as we see the nature of God, as testimonies point us to the nature and the heart and the goodness of God, an expectation rises up in us to say, that's God. It's like an aha moment. Especially, guys, I'm just going to be blunt. Sometimes we've been Christians too long and we become complacent with the amazing goodness of God. I'm praying with all my heart that tonight's a wake-up. Tonight's a reawakening for us to have a new fire, a new fuel. Even if you've been waiting a long time for your impossible to become possible, that today's your day for that expectation to be just stirred up in your heart for you. And the last point I want to share about the, about the testimony is that there's a prophetic anointing on the sharing of a testimony. Let me give you scriptural evidence for that. This is Revelation 19.10. It says, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Tonight we're going to be sharing the testimony of Jesus. We're going to be sharing Cindy's testimony. But it's not Cindy's testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus that happened in her. We're going to be sharing Joy's testimony. And again, it's the testimony of Jesus in joy. We're going to be sharing Norma's testimony. It's the testimony of Jesus and what he did in Norma. When we share this testimony, there is a prophetic anointing on it. Now, a prophecy has two parts, two components. The first component of a prophecy is that it is an inspired declaration of the divine will and purpose of God. Let me say that again. A prophetic word is the divine and divinely inspired word inspired by God to show us his will or his purpose. 
Many times when I teach, I have something prepared, but there is a prophetic anointing on it. God has a will and a purpose that he wants you to hear. I sense that anointing. There is a prophetic anointing on every testimony that is shared. But it's, that's only one component of the prophecy. The second component of a prophecy is a prediction of something to come. Now, testimonies have both. Testimonies, when we share testimonies, both things happen. Because there's not just an anointing to declare what God's will is, or what God's divine purpose is, that it is his will to heal. That's part of it. But there's also a power to bring that about, for it to be repeated, for it to happen again. There's an, a prophetic anointing that settles. When we talk about healing, when we share testimonies, the God of our healing is here, and there's an anointing for it to happen again. Isn't that good news? Now, the reason I shared all of those little nuggets is because I want you to be prepared to receive what God has for you for tonight. So we're going to see the invisible that has become visible here tonight. Before we do, this is what I want to do. Can't we get that song ready to go? What we're going to do is we're going to, Pastor Tim already prayed, come Holy Spirit. What we're going to do is we're going to sit back. We're going to worship. That Revelations 19.10 scripture said, worship God. And then it said, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we're going to put on this song. It's called, when you walk into this room. When you walk into the room. And literally it's about the spirit of God walking into this room. Come Holy Spirit. So go ahead and start that. We're just going to just worship God for a minute, and then we're going to share testimonies. So I pray right now. I pray right now, Father God, that as we share the testimonies of Jesus, that our hearts are open to receive, that our hearts see your heart, that we come to know more your goodness. We come to know more your will for us. We come to see the invisible made visible. God, may we see through your perspective. May we see, may just take off any yuck that's over our eyes, over our spiritual eyes, and may we see the way you see. Give us a godly perspective, God, not a religious one. I pray, Father, I pray, Father, that there is a, a mighty loosening inside of us to receive what you have for us. May you plant the seed, God, water it, fertilize it, and produce fruit. I'm believing, Father. I'm believing. I'm believing for more impossibilities to show themselves possible here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So, Norma, I'm going to start with you. Let me introduce you to my friend. This is Norma. This is a new friend, actually. I just met Norma 
um, not too long ago. Oh, thank you, baby. It is on, I believe. Okay. Hello? Yes, we're good. We're good. We want to make sure that it's all recorded so that other people can benefit as well. So my, our, my first question, Norma, um, and we're, we've kind of talked about what we want to zero in on, so it's going to be kind of interviewee-like. So my first question is, what was your um, life like before this impossible situation came up, especially in regards to your faith and your religion and all that kind of stuff? Uh, it was pretty much the same as Cindy's. I went to church. I was a Sunday school teacher when they needed it. I ran a Sunday school some years. Um, somebody needed a volunteer. My hand was up. I've done mission work. Um, works. Works. Lots of work. Yes. Um, she was a good person. Yeah. She is a good person. Basically, whatever the church needed, I was there. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when I got my diagnosis, the first person I wanted to see was our minister. Um, so that was the first person that we made the call to. So just to give you an idea of my religion and what I did with myself mm -hmm. for the church. Um, but so when, how, long ago were, first of, how long ago were you diagnosed? It's been about 10 weeks. Okay. So this is a fresh story. This is a fresh, yeah. a fresh um, testimony. And um, what was the diagnosis? I had um, cancer. They found a tumor. They actually were going in my head because there was a lump on my head. And they said I had basal cell cancer on my scalp. And so I went in and saw a specialist. And when I went in, they wanted to cut it out. And while he was there and opened me up, they found that I had a tumor that was on my skull and my brain. And it had eaten a hole in my skull the size of a silver dollar. And so... Um, they put the best doctors together for me. He said he put the A-team together for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I did have surgery. Um, I don't know where you want to okay, start asking so, questions. So let me, let me ask you, when did you, because okay. before the surgery, actually, I know you came to know Jesus as your healer. Yes. So how did that happen? So she, okay. she lived this religious lifestyle. She lived this really good life, serving, working. She got the diagnosis. What, was the, what happened before we get to that question? What happened in your soul? I, know, I remember the first time I met you. Right. So a friend of mine invited me to come to one of Cindy's healings. And this was a week and a half or two before my surgery. And um, I said yes. I didn't even hesitate. Um, I came right in. And the whole night I was there, I cried the entire time. Everything she was saying were things that people had told me. It happened to be bad roots, and it was lies. And everything she kept saying was every lie I had been told. And as much as I love my pastor, when I met with him, he said it's God's will. And when you have cancer, that's not what you want to hear. Yeah. It's that it's God's and it's will. Truth. And I was devastated. So when she told me that that was a bad lie, well, you can just imagine how... I, I could not contain myself. I couldn't say a word. I couldn't even sing the songs. I couldn't write down anything. And my friend Melissa kept hugging me and hugging me. And I said, yeah. I just got to get through this. Yeah. But that's when things changed for me. And I got hungry. And then I started watching yes. her Bible, her, her teachings that week. And everything, just the light bulbs kept going off. And I was yes. like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I just got filled yes. over the top. Yes. And so she was like a sponge. Yeah. She was seeking Jesus because it's the truth. 
She was reading the truth. She was seeking the truth. She was being fed the truth. She was hungry. She was like a sponge. She was soaking it all up. This was like a week and a half before she was scheduled to have the surgery on, on the tumor. Okay, so now go ahead and talk about, um, I don't know, wherever you want to go. In that, in that week, in that week, because this is a short version, because yeah. it happened within the last 10 weeks. The two things that we talked about were feeding your faith and starving your unbelief. Mm -hmm. So can you kind of... Well, as I said, I was feeding my faith because I was listening yes. to yours, and I was also reading my Bible. And it wasn't something that I did um, for five minutes. I mean, I sat down for a couple hours a day. I listened to my praise and worship music. I cried at home. I read yeah. some more. I cried some more. Yeah. But it wasn't a bad cry, right? It was all good. It was all good. It was relationship, guys. It was relationship and not religion. No, I get overwhelmed. I've told this story so many times. But it's unbelievable, unless you live it. The power. The love of God. Faith works Faith, yes. by love. Yeah. And that's what she experienced. Faith blossomed so fast in this woman. Oh, yeah, it was. Thank you. Yeah, it, um, it was awesome. It still is awesome. I mean, I, I tell people when my, if I'm in the grocery store and somehow get on, I cry, even when I tell them in the grocery store. Um, but it's yes. all good. Yes. I keep saying people, yes. it's a good cry. Yes. It's not so a bad cry. So how did you change your focus? Because when you got that diagnosis, I'm sure your focus was on the problem. It was on the problem, but I also knew enough that God was with me. Okay. I just didn't know where. Okay. And um, I knew that he was there, but I got the told yeah. that it was his yes. will. And, and then you were single-focused, right, right? Right, Then she was single-focused. When she heard right. it was God's will to heal, that was good news. Yes. I remember hearing that the first time. Yes. It was really good news. Yep. And she was single-focused. Mm -hmm. She was hungering and thirsting and filling and feeling herself with the word. Yes. So, a week and a half later, she had surgery. Tell them about that. I had the surgery, and... Um, yeah, there's so much before then. If you had two hours, I'd share it all with you. But I went to have my surgery, and um, I had been told I had the top neurosurgeon over at Royal Oak Beaumont. And he had already explained to me, because he had already been able to see inside my head. That was another um, miracle in itself. But he had already told me that this was something very rare. He had never seen it in the 30 years. He's retiring this year. And um, I went into surgery, and two really unbelievable things. First of all, somebody was sent in to pray with me. God sent someone in to pray with me. Let me reiterate that. And then they had also seen that my tumor was resting on my main artery. And so they put another port in me because I could have a stroke during surgery. But after surgery, the doctor came to me, which I was only in ICU for not even 24 hours, and they sent me home because I was like no typical patient. I had 30 staples in my head. That's God. I had 30 staples in my head. I was talking to my kids at 2 o'clock that afternoon after I had surgery. I was eating dinner that night, and um, they just couldn't believe it. The next morning, he came and he said, would you like to go home? I said, yes, it's my birthday. So he sent me home, and he said, you just have to have an MRI. So he just sent me back home. back up for a sec. Tell them about how they were able oh, to yeah. remove the tumor. That's where I was going. So um, what he told me is that um, the tumor was so unusual the way it came off. He had never had this. It literally peeled off like a sticker. So it He's had not, never had that before. It has, this is a neurosurgeon, does it all the time. It peeled off like a sticker. So it didn't penetrate my brain. 
And um, so he just thought that was very unusual, which... That's okay. God. Yeah. Back up one more piece, because yeah. I'm, I'm remembering things too. Yeah. Um, the day that she came, the first day, I only met her once before she had the surgery. We prayed, didn't we? Right. I laid hand, I could feel the tumor. She said, it's right here. She showed me where it was. It was big. You could feel it on top of her head. And I laid hands on you, and we came into agreement, believing God, yeah. speaking God's word, putting our eyes on Jesus, fixing our eyes on the healer, believing God's will instead of bad reports. Okay, so the next week she goes. She has the tumor peeled off like a sticker. And okay, I think God on. was healing me already at that point. I know he was healing Amen. me um, at that point. And Amen. I really believe that had I not had the surgery, I believe the tumor would have been gone. Just because of the, how it was and how it peeled off, I feel that it was Amen. already being healed. But um, I did have my surgery. They sent me home. I had dinner the next day with my kids um, at the dinner table. And... Um, where do you want to go they, from They here? did the MRI. The, oh, yeah. yeah. So I, um, what they found out is it's a um, cancer called um, angiocarcinoma. And what that means, it's a cancer that metastasizes from somewhere else in your body. <clears throat> and so they were convinced that I had breast cancer because the route of this is lung, breast, and head. But I had been through, I can't even tell you how many CT scans I've had and PET scans. I had one PET scan, but CT and MRI scans. And they cannot find cancer in my body anywhere. Amen. And so, um, and I told them they weren't going to find it. Amen, amen, amen. And I told them that. And, um, and so now I have to have another MRI on May the 1st. They want to give it time. Maybe... There, it just hasn't gotten okay. big enough yet, okay. so I have to have more, oh, no. another test. But okay. they're, so they're here's some more it. yummy parts of this testimony. Part of my list is God incidences, and she's had a lot of them. So um, this, this is typical, and I don't, I'm not speaking negatively of the medical world, but it's not unusual when the doctors have no cancer signs for them to still want to do treatment. And they wanted to do radiation with you, right? Right. And um, so she, she went through the, the process of preparing. They, they prepare a, a thing to put over your body for the radiation and everything. But she didn't have peace with it. And she came to our, our meeting. She's been consistently coming since the first time. And she came and she was frazzled. You could tell there was fear. You could tell there was um, confusion. Mm -hmm. And this is for all of you who might not know this. Confusion is not of God. No. Confusion is of the enemy. It's one of his baits. So she had a lot of confusion. So she went to one of our ministers and tell what happened then. Yeah, well, and she had prayed with me and for me um, and for that I to, my mind to be clear. And uh, my friend was there with me that night as well. And she also had prayed with me. And um, I went in on, that was Monday night. I had had one treatment on Monday. And when I went for my treatment, I was very anxious. But I listened to my praise and worship music. That's what I took in there to listen to. So as I laid there and tried to get through this. But um, so after Monday night, um, I was just really praying about this and not knowing where to go. And I got up the next morning and I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this. And I was so nervous because I had to, it wasn't to tell my husband that I couldn't do it, but I had to tell the doctors that I wasn't going to do this. And I already had told the doctor that I was concerned that I was not going to want to go through this. And, uh, of course, you can imagine what my response was, his okay. response was. I'm going to right? just stop you because I'm just going to add to her story. So she had prayed for direction. Mm -hmm. She had prayed for wisdom. She had also prayed for um, 
peace to know which direction to go. And she had prayed for confirmation. Right. Okay? So the next day, she did not have peace with the radiation. So she said no to it. So that day, she had to call the doctor. And how many of you know that's sometimes the hardest thing to do? Because you have to tell them no. And sometimes they don't, they don't want you to tell them no. Okay, now continue. So um, I gave a call in, and I spoke to where I had to go in for this 8 o'clock thing and told them I wasn't coming in for my schedule. And um, so they were fine. And I said, I need to talk to Dr. Shanayan, was my radiation doctor. I said, but I do need to talk to him or the nurse. And they transferred me. And I got a lady on the phone. Her name was Denise. And I said, hi. Just a sec. It's a wrong number. Oh, yeah. It's a wrong direction. It's a wrong number. <laughs> yeah. It was the wrong office. The right number, but the wrong number. And um, I just said to her simply, my name is Norma Houston. I'm calling to let Dr. Shanayan that I'm not going to be doing radiation. I just don't feel. And she, honest, I can't even, like, tell you exactly what said and how it started. But she started praying over me on the phone right that moment yes. and telling me that God is a healer and that I am healed. Yes. I was so overwhelmed. Yes. I couldn't even, yes. I couldn't speak. Yes. And I sent, yes. I'm pretty sure I yes. sent you the note. I sent my yes. girlfriend the yes. note and I was so overwhelmed and I didn't look back one time since then. And this lady says, now she's, she's the secretary to an oncologist at Royal Oak Beaumont. So she pretty much put, in my opinion, put her job at risk. Because if I was not, she didn't know I was Christian or not, or if I was of faith, she just started going because God had knew I needed that. Yeah. And I got done with it, and she said to me, I've never done this before, but I'm going to give you my cell number. If you need anything, you call me. I was so overwhelmed, yeah. I couldn't even breathe. You can see how I tear up of something silly, you know, not silly, but yeah. light, like something so... And this kind of stuff has been happening to me since day one. Yeah. And I am so overwhelmed yes. with his yes. love and his... Yes. I even told Cindy, yes. I said, you know, for him to have that kind of confidence in me, like, who am I? I, I, I knew nothing. Yes. Like, how can I ever be what he expects me to be with all that he's done for me and um, it just it's just been going and going well I had to tell my doctors and I've had to tell three of them now and um, I'm pretty sure they all think I have a third eye right here mm -hmm. um, but after I told Cindy after May the 1st when I can show them what they need to know to confirm yes. it's going to be all over yes. at that point she's for them. also so, had yeah. since um, since this the the God incident with the prayer on the phone. She had a breast, whatever, oh, yeah. and that's clear. Yeah. The lungs are clear. Everything is clear. There's no cancer in this body. I had to have ovaries checked. Amen. I had to have. I, uh, yes. you, I've had basically She's a whole. CT or an X-ray or a PET scan, PET scan, whatever, on every part of my body. She is. There's whole. nothing. She is well. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. So the bottom line, guys, and you're going to hear this over and over. God meets us right where we're at. He meets us where we're at. So Norma just was introduced to Jesus the healer, the truth about healing, and God just took over. Mm -hmm. Isn't that awesome? awesome? Praise you, Jesus. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. I got to give you a hug. Oh. All good. God is so good. God is so good. Okay, Joy, come on up, girl. So this is Joy. I love her name. <laughs> I always say, you are a picture of the joy of the Lord. 
So many of you have met Joyce. She's, she's been at Pastor Tim's meetings before quite a few times. So we're just going to kind of start at the beginning. Um, Joy, before the impossible happened in your life, just again, tell me where was your walk with God, your faith walk, your religion, and all that kind of thing? Probably the same as, as hers. I went to work, went to church every week, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I didn't know yeah. it was yeah. his will to heal me. Yeah, there's a difference between going to church and having a religion and knowing Jesus as your healer and yes. knowing Jesus personally. Yes. But um, I was diagnosed at the end of July, and a friend of a friend brought me here yes. straight away, and I yes. couldn't walk. Yes. And I was in a wheelchair, and they thought it was the cancer. I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And multiple myeloma is a, is a blood cancer. Blood cancer. Bone marrow. Bone marrow cancer. And Cindy grabbed me right away and straightened me out and said it is God's will yes. to heal. Yes. And, uh, and you started feeding right away. When I say feeding, I mean... All day long. Yes. All day long. I read healing scriptures. Yes. Seeking the healer. Seeking his word. All day. All day. All day. Yes. I would go to the park, walk three miles, and recite my healing scriptures, and I believe them. Yes. And then all the truths that you taught me yeah. to let Jesus love me, yeah. I would sit in my backyard and yeah. just say, I accept your healing yeah. and I accept your love. Faith works through love. Yes. Faith works through relationship with Jesus. It's not about methods. It's about relationship with Jesus. About a month later, um, I think it was God telling me, you know, this isn't cancer. Yeah. You need to see a physical therapist. And they, I had a um, script to see a radiologist. They yeah. wanted to do radiation to reduce the right. pain. And um, I said, no, I want to see a physical therapist. And he was an MD from Beaumont. And he kept looking at my chart, going back to the computer, back and forth. And he says, I agree with you. This isn't cancer. This is a pulled hamstring. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, yes. so I went to physical therapy, and three days I was walking. But I was in a wheelchair before that. So here, because it was multiple myeloma, which is a bone marrow cancer, the doctor immediately said that the pain, the intense pain, she couldn't walk, was bone cancer, basically. The cancer was in her bone. So they had already prepared to do radiation. They shared up the script to do it. Holy Spirit. She's seeking God. When we seek God, he starts to be able to, to move and to answer our prayers and direct us. And she had an unction. I think I need to see a physical therapist. When they did all the scans, they found it wasn't cancer. A few physical therapy sessions. She's completely well. Her hip's well. Okay, so then you went ahead and you had, um, you followed medical protocol as far as chemo and chemo, right? I did. Okay, tell us about that. What um, was the result? Excellent. Three months of, I had a shot. Okay. Every week. And if you look at a graph where my numbers are horrible, because it was very bad, right here, and it went straight down. Straight yeah. down. Just yes. Choom. And um, then I had a bone marrow biopsy. And they found no cancer. And I had a genetic uh, malfunction in my cells, too, and they couldn't find that. Okay. So she had treatment. She had three months of chemo. She had best-case scenario. This is one of the ways, one of the many ways that we see God put his super on our natural. So she had the typical medical protocol, but everything went so much better. So the numbers were way up here, and they just completely... Went the doctors down. would call Bad me at home and just go, Joy, I can't believe this. They've see? never seen it. Joy, I can't believe it. this. Yes. When doctors say that, it's always a God thing. You know, yeah. it's like, well, guess what? 
God takes the impossible and makes it possible. Yes. And my oncologist is starting to really believe. <laughs> yes, yes. And she also had something in her genetic thing that changed, right? They can't find it. They can't find it. No, it's gone. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, God. So, at that point, the next part of the... the protocol was stem cell transplant, right? And I did not want to do a stem cell. I fought that tooth and nail, and God kept leading me right back to the Word, and I was led to do a stem cell. So let me, that's, this is important, guys. She knew she was healed. She's been walking with Jesus in this tremendous way. She knew that everything, I mean, the, the doctor said there's no cancer in her body. She had four bone marrow biopsies. They all came back negative. And yet, the doctor's protocol was a stem cell, and she sought God hard about it. Mm. I was with her through that. Mm. I prayed with her through that. And she was led to do the stem cell. The reason I'm sharing this is because God works in so many ways. If, if you say, well, I can't have treatment because I'm believing God, it depends on where God's leading you. It depends on where you have peace. He's going to meet you right where you're at. She had peace with having the stem cell transplant. Okay? So now there was miracle after miracle through the stem cell. I breezed through it. Yeah, she breezed through <laughs> Two it. Two weeks in the hospital. Yeah. And uh, make sure we get these. after a week, I developed a bacteria in my blood. Okay. And... Um, Which isn't good. Sign of infection. I, and yeah, sign after of the stem cell, you have to stay um, without I, any... I had no white count, none. So I have a bacteria, so I know it's not good. Yeah. And um, I would listen to Charles Capps' CD, you know, at night, but he got on my nerves. Forgive me, Charles Capps. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't pray. I couldn't pray. I was kind of, I had hurt feelings. I, you know, really, I did. I, I, mm -hmm. I talked to God. I said, I don't understand this. We were doing so good. Because of the bacteria. She had bacteria. Yeah. And uh, that night, God came to me, and he said, Joy, don't worry. I'm putting something in your IV to heal you. And then the next day they did blood cultures. There was no bacteria. Yeah. So Jesus visited her in the night. Yeah. He visited her. She's in the hospital. In the middle of the night, Jesus came to her and spoke. And he said, Joy, it's okay. I'm putting medicine in your IV. <laughs> and the next day it was gone. Praise you, Jesus. Yeah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Then Jesus visited you another time. The Do you want to tell that time? This sounds really crazy. It's awesome, but, Joy. But and this is true. important for yeah. all of us to hear. And this was not a dream. This was kind of in and out of it. And it wasn't medication because I wasn't on any weird medication. Um, but, you know, we all have trouble sometimes forgiving people. And I had a few people that I had trouble forgiving. And he gave me the eyeglasses of compassion. And he would put them on my eyes. And I could see my sister-in-law, who I have trouble with, um, and I could see her so clearly, and it gave me so much love and compassion mm -hmm. for her. And so, I was able to forgive her then. So this is, forgiveness is a big deal. Forgiveness is a big deal. And she knew it. Joy knew it. We've talked about this, about the importance of forgiveness. She wasn't able to do it on her own. Jesus came, visited her while she's in the hospital. Because she had to be in the hospital for two weeks after the stem cell. Gave her eyeglasses of compassion. And she started seeing it differently. She saw her sister-in-law 
through the eyes of compassion, through the compassion of Jesus. And all of a sudden, she could forgive easily because she saw it from a different perspective. And everyone else I saw, too. He and gave yeah, for one person after another, after she another. just went through and was able to see with eyeglasses of compassion. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And so then, after two weeks, she came home. And what? I came home, and I did three miles in my basement walking. On the treadmill, the yep. first day. And continued ever since, and went back. Um, they did all the blood work, and they can't find any cancer, and they call it remission. I call it healed. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 And you just went back to work, right? They released her to go oh, back to work? He told me I couldn't go back to work for six months, and he didn't even want me going back to the nursing home because I'm a nurse, because of all the germs. And uh, he released me three months ahead of time. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah. In the parking lot, I text my boss just as we're leaving Carmano's, and I said, I was just released. And she says, well, I'm hiring you back. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't God amazing? So he took everything and supernaturaled it. She is walking in health. She's walking in divine health. We're going to speak over all of these ladies, and we're going to do some major prayer for all of us and declare... God's will is for them to walk in divine health all the days of their life. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joy. Oh, God bless you, girl. Mm, joy, joy, joy. <laughs> God is amazing. Cynthia. Okay. So I have to introduce this girl before we share her testimony. First of all, I haven't seen her for 15 years. Today is the first day I've seen her in 15 years. Yes. Yeah, we work together. We work together. We work together at Baldwin. You guys know all my Baldwin stories, right? Cynthia and I work together. She knew me before I had cancer. She knew me when I had cancer. She knew me after I was healed of cancer. She changed school. She left Baldwin. She went. She moved up to high school. She moved from elementary to high school yes. and wherever else. And but I still remember the day when you came in and told told yeah. us that you had stage four cancer. So when you're like, I'm still going to Jamaica. You remember you had a, yeah, yeah I'm still yeah. going. To, I'm not going to do chemo. Yeah, I, do remember. I remember you were in the media center. I remember yeah. it, you know, yeah. I remember the whole, the whole, yeah. everything vividly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So last May, just less than a year ago, Cynthia and I, are you, do you go by Cynthia or Cindy? It doesn't matter. I go by anything. Yeah, it's fine. Cynthia's okay. fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know uh, that you're used to that. Yeah. Cynthia, yes. that's what I call you. So um, we were, Kent and I were driving, well, first of all, we're Facebook friends. That's how, she, that's how we've kept in touch. We're just Facebook friends. This is, literally, this is the first time I've seen her in 15 years. Mm -hmm. So um, last May, Kent and I were driving Mom Cox home from Florida. We do that every spring. And I'm driving, and Cynthia called me. Go ahead and what... Oh, what and I was devastated. Happened. It was the day after Mother's Day, and they called yeah. and they said, and like like you like you, uh, Norma and Joy, I get yeah. choked up sometimes. But they said, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a Monday after Mother's Day, and they said, yeah, well, you know, it's not good news. It's uh, you know, it's breast cancer, you mm -hmm. know, and um, it's 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 a it's an aggressive form. You know, I'm on the phone with them, you know, yeah. and, and so he's like, yeah. but we're gonna have you come in on tomorrow, and we're gonna set you up. Like if those of you who had cancer, they have like this whole little thing they set you up and then they they have all these doctors here to, you yeah. know plastic surgery teams yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we have you scheduled for tomorrow to come in and do whatever I don't even remember what they called it and I was like okay uh, okay okay so my head's spinning and I called I think I would think after I went to the doctor I called you yeah. after right or maybe I called you yeah. that day I don't remember but then I go to the doctors and they're like 
even my good friend who's a nurse, they're like, there's no way, Cindy, I remember her sitting there, and they're going, there's no way you're going to get out of this without doing chemo. I mean, you just, this room, just know you're not getting out of this without doing chemo. You can't avoid it, nothing, you know, mm -hmm. chemo and radiation. Mm -hmm. and, they're t and then all the doctors are telling me, and I'm like, they're like, so we're going to put the port in on Wednesday, and then Thursday or next week we're going to start chemo in this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like everything. Yeah. You know, so, so because they were so aggressive at that point. They had, um, you know, it was, um, I don't know, three or four centimeter tumor, and then there were lymph nodes that were involved and infected. So okay. they classified it as stage three. Okay. Although I classified it as a high two, but now it's a nothing. You know. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But Amen. anyway, so Amen. so I called Cindy right away because I witnessed Cindy. I was there for the whole yeah. Cindy Cox, the whole healing. You know, and her yeah. saying, "I'm not doing anything." You know, and, I, and Jennifer Cherniak. I don't know if her name's Cherniak anymore. Like if she got married. Could and then Van Alstyne. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. With Jennifer, Jenny you, I know Jennifer Cherniak telling you about this and yes. everything. And so yes. you know, and so I'm like, I'm calling Cindy. I'm calling Cindy. Like I don't yeah. know. I you know. It, me meeting Cindy 15 years ago was... Mm -hmm. But what did yeah. Cindy lead her to? Or who did Cindy lead her to? Jesus. Yeah, yeah so Cindy prayed Jesus. with me. She prayed with me, healing on the phone. And, and, mm -hmm. and then I, I listened to all of her, all of, you know, because I, I live so far away. And I'm, I'm pretty much a single mom. I'm like a single mom, you know, and I have two kids. Mm -hmm. I take care of a lot of other people, too. <laughs> And um, so yeah. it's hard to get here. So I listened to Cindy. So and she's I, been listening nonstop. Yes. Nonstop. Yeah. She, her you podcast. Guys know we have a website with tons of stuff out there. But you can download the podcast on your phone, yeah. just the podcast, so it doesn't yeah. use up your, your data. You know, so so like, she's a pro. She's yes. listened and listened. So I and have listened. all, I do, you know, I listen. So she's feeding this newfound faith. So she saw something in me. She saw the Jesus in me. She saw the healing in me. She needs healing. I point her to Jesus. She's feeding her faith with truth. She's feeding nonstop. She's non feeding yeah, non nonstop. I, yeah. I mean, and, and even, even yeah. I mean, that was for a year now, nonstop. Yeah. You know, and I was like, like the, the past, I was... I wasn't as good as these people, though, with I was a Catholic, you know, but I didn't go all the time. I did teach first it's grade. It's not about methods. Catechism it's once. I was first grade. Kid, but I, was, <laughs> I was not, I'm not, I wasn't like, you know, but the, instantly, like, like this whole yeah. thing changed. Faith my life. works too You know, well. the whole thing, you know, from the day I talked to Cindy and then yeah. from that point out. So then after that, um, so I, I tell the doctors, you know what? I'm waiting. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm, I'm not coming yeah. in. <laughs> I'm not coming in next. The doc and and my friend yeah. um, Pat. Yeah. I call her yeah. Nana. Here, she's been with me for everything because she knows yeah. the doctors think I'm absolutely crazy. She comes with me, so she keeps me like calm down with them, you know, because yeah. of from me telling them yeah. no and them telling. You. So yeah. I I go to the doctor and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not gonna do anything right now. Sorry, you know, I just need a couple more weeks. And I think I talked to Cindy a couple more times. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Should I do chemo? I don't. I'm not comfortable with chemo at all. Like, I'm not, mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I, I, the one doctors, they're like, nope, that's what we do. That's our protocol. We do chemo first. We try to shrink it. Then we do radiate, you know, and then we'll try to shrink. And then if there's anything left, we'll try to cut it out. So I had to go to a couple different doctors in order to mm -hmm. get one to agree to mm -hmm. do what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So what, yep. what God told me or like what I was what you had peace, peace with, with yep. you know? Yep. So I finally found, um, the surgeon, well, the surgeon agreed to cut it out. The original surgeon, he said, "Okay, I said this is what I want you to do. I just, I want, I want it out of me, cut out everything, whatever you can cut out, mm -hmm. cut out, cut out both, like you know, cut out everything, everything mm -hmm. you can cut out, and yep. then um, I'll take it from there, you mm -hmm. know." So then I had to find a new oncologist because the oncologist wouldn't 
you know, they wanted to do chemo. So, so I had to yeah. search around, shop around for an oncologist who, who I said, I don't want to do chemo. I, I just want to do, um, there's a new, there's a new immunotherapy drug yep. that came, it was patented in 2013. And I wasn't even going to do that. I, I waited for months mm-hmm. to make a decision on that. Mm-hmm. Like kind of how with the, with the bone marrow or the, the, the stem cell. Stem cell. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I waited for like, you know, it was, they wanted to start that right away in, in, in August or July. And, and I, I didn't start it till November. I said, okay, okay I'll do the immunotherapy drug, you know, yeah. now, you know, but, uh, I had to, I had to wait and like, and really see, I think there was a sign from God. It's, I just don't remember. There's been so many, yes. there's been so many along this, this journey. So anyway, I went, I, I did, I got it, everything cut out and I said, I'll do the radiation. I'm fine with the radiation. I'll, I'll do that. So I did the radiation and the radiation back 28 rounds, 28 days straight, you know, like you go 28 days, you know, most people are like fried to a crisp. That's what happens if you don't know. And the doctor comes in and he's like, I don't know how you did it, but this is miraculous. He goes, you have done miraculously. And I was like, and he's like, I really have never seen this before, you know, in his accent. And I I go, oh, I wasn't surprised, yes. you know, I, I think yes. I even texted her after on my way home, you know, because I wasn't burnt, I wasn't like anything, you Amen. know, and then the plastic surgeon now who did reconstruction, he's like, he was always so, nope, you were, we can't, you know, that right side, that side that's radiated, it's not going to take, you know, it's not going to take an implant, it's not going to, you know, we're, we're going to, it's, it's, I, I don't even like working with radiated, you know, breasts or whatever, because I can't mm-hmm. reconstruct them, the skin's too, and now he's like, He's like, your skin, it's just, it's, it's just so, Amen. he's like, yeah, he's like, it, it stretches and it's not even, it's bad. That's like, God. Yeah, That's God's like, super on your yeah, natural. Like, it's not even, he's, it's unusual that, you know, he, that it, there's hardly any like scarring and, you know, yeah. took the implant and it, so it's, it's every, there's been so many things. One I, thing after another. So happy. as I've been communicating with Cynthia via whatever, telephone, Facebook, etc., what I've seen, the common denominator is she's feeding constantly. That's one of the things. The second thing is that she's had best case scenario. Every time. She, every time. Every is, everything. I, Even after she had major, major surgery. She was at a restaurant the next day. I would see her Facebook post. Nine surgeries I've had. Nine. Nine since she last was night. Out, she was out yeah. with her family in a restaurant, whatever, living life. She's had best case scenario. Um, another God incident, huge one, <clears throat> is that when she... And, Help me if I'm telling it wrong, but at the beginning they did all of the the genetic stuff and it came back it mutated, aggressive. I remember the words aggressive and right, right, yep. mutated gene. Well, it, the genetic, the genetic. Oh yeah, the genetic testing. Well, they were testing to see if you had like the BRCA one or BRCA two, and I didn't. But there were other like five other genes that could have um, that that were that could be. Um, that one test came back. One test came back that there was one yes. or two genes. One that, came back positive. That were, and then she had it done again. Right. That was aggressive. Yeah. And the uh, second test came back and she's like, there's no aggressive, there's no genes that we picked up yes. on. Yeah. No, none. That so would, you know. again, that's God. DNA doesn't change. At least the, you know, the world says it doesn't, but with God, but with God, that gene, that mutated thing is gone. That gene is not there. That's God. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. So, so, so now, now go ahead. where are you now? Okay. Now I go, well, I, I had a surgery last two weeks ago. Another, yeah, another. Okay. Um, and it, it really is like, 
I, I recover like a day, within a day, within hours. It's like unbelievable. God's taken such good um, care of you. He has. He has. Now I just, I go for infusion, the immunotherapy, you know, mm -hmm. through November. But all the scans, everything came back like perfect. You know, there's no, no cancer, bone scans, everything, you know, MRIs, everything. Um, uh, Nana comes with me. Mm -hmm. to, no, no, blood test is fine every, every time we go, you know. The only, you know, so everything is, um, but I did, I had, it's hard to tell the doctors, no, like they, they do like, like three eyes are a unicorn. They think I'm a unicorn or something. When I walk in, I'm like, totally, they think I'm crazy. So where is your level of expectation now when you go in for tests or whatever? What are you I don't expecting? worry. I don't, I don't worry. See, she's not worried. I don't worry about any. <laughs> Her words are different. She speaks differently. She yeah. speaks very optimistically she expects the best not the worst right her focus is on the right is in the right place remember unbelief is focusing on all of the issues belief is focusing on god and his word and his truth because when you walk in they'll be like well let me just look because we can always have like you know cancer around where the this incision is at i don't even worry i don't even you know amen i don't worry at all and with that and now like you ask how's your life different you know yeah. and before my and not only before the cancer, my life was very, like, stressful, like, up to the, the cancer part. I mean, like a divorce, a bad divorce, you know, alcoholism, not, not me, alcoholism, but alcohol, you know, like, it was yeah. a mess. My life was a mess, you know? Yeah. And, and I worried about everything. It'll make me cry because yeah. I don't worry about anything. No. Amen. Nothing. Amen. Amen. And it's not Amen. just the cancer. You know, it's not. Forever changed. Right, right. It's Promise not just. Driven, forever changed. Even Nana can tell you, like, she's different. Yeah, it's yeah. not. And it's not just the cancer. It's, yeah. I don't worry about anything. Yeah. Like, you know, like. Amen. So that's all. Give you a hug. Mm, God bless you, girl. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. You know, um. I was praying this morning with my prayer partner and she knew that we were going to be sharing these things and she used a beautiful um, a, uh, example of the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul was on the road to Damascus and he met Jesus he was never the same he was made a new man he went from the Apostle or from the man who was um, uh, you know getting the Jews and persecuting the Jews to a man who was completely changed because he encountered Jesus. He was forever changed. He wrote three quarters of the Bible. He was of the New Testament. He was a powerful man of God. And that's what all of us have the potential, all of us, when we encounter God, when we let Jesus be a part of our life. It's different. Healing is a part of it. But there's so much more. You heard Cynthia. You heard Joy, you heard Norma. There's so much more. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray. Testimonies have the prophetic anointing upon them. You've heard three testimonies. Magnificent, miraculous testimonies. Those testimonies are signs that point us to God's will, that point us to God's heart. So we're going to pray. I have some words of knowledge I want to share first. And then we're going to pray for impossible the impossible to become possible. So the first thing that I um, felt um, God, uh, I'm not going to explain words of knowledge right now, but I feel like this was impressed on my heart to pray for. The first one is lymph nodes. Is there anybody here that has lymph nodes that are enlarged? 
Maybe you have a nodule, maybe you have a, a swelling, pain in any of your lymph nodes, anywhere in your body. Okay, stand up, please. Anybody else with lymph nodes that are, that are um, enlarged? Okay, ministry team, this is when I'm going to be asking you, I'll lay hands on Jen, but if we have a lot of people, this is when I want you to just help by walking around, laying hands and praying. And you're not. So Father God, I just speak right now over Jen's lymph nodes. I speak to these lymph nodes. And Father, first of all, we thank you that you have created our bodies to work in an amazing way and for lymph nodes to destroy disease. So that's what we declare right now these lymph nodes are doing. I speak over your lymphatic system, Jen, and I call your lymphatic system whole and healthy. I declare that your immune system is stronger today than it was yesterday. And that tomorrow your, your immune system is even stronger than it is today. I speak life over your immune system. I speak health over your immune system. I declare that your immune system is perfected. And I say lymph nodes, do your work, and then go back to normal. In Jesus' name. And Jen, I just say no fear. In Jesus' name, because you have an amazing healer. And we praise you, God. We praise you for Jen knowing you and for you knowing her. And we thank you that faith works through love. And we have witnessed Jen's faith just blossom as she has come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So the next word of knowledge I want to pray for are ears. Ears. Anybody that has ear issues, stand up. Whatever those issues might be, any ear issues, stand up, please, and we're going to pray for you. So we speak over ears right now. If somebody's not with you, we will be shortly. We're going to lay hands on everybody who's standing. Okay. So we speak over ears right now. We speak over hearing. We speak over eustachian tubes. We speak over tinnitus. We speak over any hearing or ear issues. Father, I thank you that when Jesus was walking on this earth, he healed ears. He touched ears and they were opened. So we say, ears, be opened. I speak right now over any effects, any damage of, of uh, where we have uh, had decibels of sound that have damaged our hearing. And I say, Father, I thank you for restoring our hearing to normal. I thank you for opening it up in Jesus' name, for opening it up. And I declare renewed youth in hearing, renewed youth in hearing in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father God, for wholeness, wholeness in ears, wholeness in ears, wholeness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for healing ears, opening them up, opening them up, hearing, be restored, hearing, be restored in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, that when believers lay hands on those in need, that there is power that flows. It's you, Jesus. We put our eyes on you, Jesus, not on man, but on you. And we believe, <laughs> we believe your will is to heal in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The next word that I have is, um, I'm not sure about this. The word I got was neuropathy. Does that have to do with nerves? 
Okay, neuropathy. So, if, okay, that's for you, girl. Anybody else? Is that for you too, Marge? Neuropathy? No? Neuropathy. Okay. So, our ministry team, we've got a couple people here. Is it in your legs? Okay. So, Father God, I speak right now over neuropathy. I speak over whatever that is. God, you know what it is. I say, neuropathy, you are a word that has to bow to the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, you are the healer. And every name must bow and every tongue confess Jesus as Lord. So neuropathy, be healed. Nerves, be healed. I speak to the the system of nerves that runs through your body and into your leg. And I say, be healed in Jesus' name. Any burning, be healed in Jesus' name. Any shooting pain, be healed in Jesus' name. I say, pain, come out. Pain, come out in Jesus' name. And neuropathy, be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Is there any way, what do you feel? I mean, what does neuropathy feel like? Well, this leg will just get like, if I sit too long, okay. I just fall asleep. Basically, okay. Is what it feels okay. Like. My toes go numb. Okay. Um, it gets like Is it numb right now? Um, okay. So, could you feel if the numbness went out? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pray again. Is it like right in the thigh? It's like, it really stems from here, but it shoots through my whole leg. Okay. So I say, Father God, I thank you that the power of God to heal is here available. As we have listened to testimonies of Jesus, our expectation has just gotten built up, built up, built up. So I thank you, Jesus, that right now you are just flowing freely. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you are present right now. And that as we lay hands on the sick, that you are laying hands on the sick. It's not us. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. When you walk into the room, healing happens. When you walk into the room, resurrection life happens. So we thank you that that's what's going on right now in this leg. Be healed and be made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you feeling anything? Yeah, honestly. Honestly. Hear that? <laughs> honestly. <laughs> what are you feeling? Honestly, there was pain here, but it, it's kind of subsided. Amen. 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 Okay, did you hear that? She said she had pain in that leg. It subsided. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Um, next couple that I want to pray for are, are, are uh, soul issues. The first one is fear. I want to pray for fear. If anybody's experiencing fear, you know what? Don't be embarrassed. Many of us have been in a place of fear, big time. Cindy, did you have fear when you were diagnosed at the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to change your focus. Yes. So she changes. If, there, if there's fear attacking her now, she changes direction. She feeds faith instead of feeding the fear. So if you're fighting fear, we want to stand in agreement with you. Is there anybody that's fighting fear in here? Stand up. We're going to pray with you, Sharon. Anybody else? Dean, your mind, your will, your emotions. And fear is one of those emotions. And it's a, it's, it can be healthy. There is a healthy fear. It's the one that keeps us from you know doing stupid things like getting too close to the edge of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> that kind of thing. That's okay. 
But there's also a demonic fear, and that's the, the fear that's trying to keep you away from the good stuff that God has. So we're going to speak against fear. Um, ministry team, if you see somebody standing, please go and just pray with them, lay hands on them. I speak over fear right now. I speak over the spirit of fear. I thank you, Father God, that you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us power and love and a sound mind. That's what we have through you, God. I speak right now and I release the peace of God that passes all understanding. I release a knowing that you are loved, a knowing that you are comforted by God, a knowing that you have the peace of God. I pray, Father, for uh, uh, just an opening, an opening to just to receive what you have and to say no to fear. Thank you, God, for a transfer. I pray for a transfer right now, a transfer. Where the fear is captive, the fear is no more part of you, that it's like put in jail, and instead you have the joy, the peace, the strength, the victory, the comfort of God. I pray for a divine exchange. Jesus, you paid for it. And I pray right now that there's just a supernatural divine exchange. Fear go and faith come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. 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 Just feel his presence. Hallelujah. 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 Um, the next emotion I want to pray for is the, the sense of, of um, despair. A sense of um, oppression or just uh, emotional hurt. I just, I just want to pray for that. Whatever it is, whatever that might be, we want to pray. Because God had a really good plan for us guys. He has a plan for joy. He has a plan for, for fulfillment and completeness. So I just pray right now. I don't even want you to stand up for this one. But I just pray right now that if there is an error, if your heart is seared with, with, like you feel like the fire's out, like it's quenched, like there's something missing or nothing there. I pray for new life. I pray for resurrection life. I pray that there is a stirring in your soul to receive and to say, I want what that lady has. I want that zeal. I want that joy. I want that again. I pray that there is a, a knowing that God loves you and cares about your need your individual need, and that there is a fulfillment. I pray for a, a overflow, a completion, a feeling of being completed instead of being empty, a feeling of being filled, fueled, enriched, strengthened, empowered. Flood them, Father God. Flood them with who you are. I pray for a new life in your soul. Resurrection life in your emotions, in your countenance. I pray that even when you breathe, you're strengthened. When you breathe in, you're strengthened. You feel like you can, you can live again. And you can even smile again. And you can even laugh again. 
I pray for renewal. Renewal. Refreshing. To just rise up powerfully, powerfully inside of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is there anybody here that has been diagnosed with cancer? Besides our ladies, we're going we're gonna to pray for you if there's anybody here. Anybody here that's fighting cancer, that's in the battle of cancer. Wow, we just got healed people. Yay! If you've been healed of cancer, stand up. If you have been healed of cancer, stand up. Yay, God! Yay, God! Praise you, Jesus! Praise you, Jesus! Praise you, Jesus! Wow! Wow! And, oh my God, I am just so excited. Because I have just been able to, to watch this in front of me. Kim, I mean, I know all you guys, and Norma, and Joy, and Cindy, and, and, and Mary. Mary, I wasn't with you when you were getting healed, but I'm with you now, girl. Oh, Jesus, thank you, thank you. Okay, this is the last thing we're going to pray for, and then we're going to let you meet up with any of our ministers you want to talk to. The last thing I want to pray for is if you are here with something impossible, the doctor said it's impossible, or life just says it's impossible, we want to pray. Because we have seen right here before our eyes that there's nothing impossible with God. If you have something impossible you want us to pray for, stand up. You don't have to even tell us what it is if you don't want to, if it's embarrassing or whatever, or you're just shy. If you want us to pray for an impossible, you just stand up and we're just going to believe with you for the impossible. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm ready to believe for the impossible. Are you? Is your expectation stirring? First, before we pray for the impossible, I want to pray. Father God, I pray right now that there is an openness in our hearts, that we are teachable, that we are meek. Meek means teachable and open. I pray now for hearts to be open. Open. God, go in and do your thing and open it up so that there's nothing hindering us from receiving the impossible right now. I thank you, Father God. I pray right now, God, stir up expectation. Stir it up. Father, I pray right now that we see a picture of your goodness right now in our, in our, in our hearts and in our mind. We see your goodness. We know your heart and your compassion. And I pray, Father, right now that hope is ignited. Hope expectation is ignited and now I pray my God Jesus you made the invisible visible Jesus you did it and we've seen it here today we've seen the impossible become possible in Cynthia and in Joy and in Norma and in so many other people so Father God we know you're not a respecter of persons we know that you're fair we know that you don't play favorites. We know that your promises are for all of your kids. So I declare right now the promise of God to heal. By the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. I call the promise of God right now moving, hovering, literally the Holy Spirit moving over this body of believers and everybody who's standing up believing for the impossible. 
God, I thank you that your power to work is manifest right now in our lives. Whatever our need is, whatever that impossible situation is. Father, I pray that you show us evidence, that you give us confirmation, that you show us yourself in dreams and visions, that we hear your voice, that we know your love, and that our faith rises up like it never has before to take the gift that you've paid such a great price for. So I say, impossible, be made possible. Impossible, be made possible. Be healed, Jamie. Be restored. Impossible, you are nothing for my great big God. We put our eyes on the answer, not the problem. I thank you, God. Nothing is impossible with you. I thank you, Father, for Rhema. I thank you that you speak directly to this woman's heart and show her your truth and your love and your good plan and purpose for her. I thank you, God, that the impossible is made possible right here. I thank you, Father. <laughs> it's not too big for our God, Bernita. His bigness is so much bigger than that impossibility. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for what you already have done in Ed, and thank you for what you're yet to do. Thank you, Father, for the fullness of your plan manifest in him, in him. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Make the way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> You're just getting it all tonight, girl. He loves you so much. And I'm proud of you because you know what you're doing? You're just saying yes to Jesus. You're just saying yes. You're being bold. And he loves it. That's what these ladies did. They just said yes to Jesus. So I just believe with you for that impossible to be made possible. Jesus did it all. We're just believing him at his word. I call it completed. Father, I thank you that you just, uh, you just pour it on. <laughs> pour it on. Pour it on. I thank you, Father, that even as we pray, testimonies are being birthed. Testimonies are being birthed. And, and you'll show us just like you did last week, you showed me those faces of, of those testimonies. And I thank you, God, that you're just making new ones right now. In Jesus' name. And Nana, we pray for you. We pray for you. I speak right now over the, the diagnosis of MS. And I say, MS, you're nothing but a name. You're no big deal. God's a big deal. But MS, you have no authority over this woman. I declare right now by the power of the name of Jesus that MS has to bow, bow, bow to the name of Jesus. I say symptoms of MS come out. 
symptoms of MS cease to exist when Jesus walks into the room MS has to cease to exist when Jesus walks into the room bodies are healed when Jesus walks into the room resurrection life comes I speak into your body right now Nana and I declare that the resurrection life of Jesus the same the same Holy Spirit the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is here now come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit move through Nana's body from her head to her toes through her nervous system through her brain through her muscular system Father, that the, the, the disease of MS is halted right here, right now. And not only is it halted, I call it reversed in the mighty name of Jesus. I believe for you, Nana. I believe for you. I believe for you. Just like you saw Cynthia get healed in an amazing way as she simply chose to believe and trust and have simple faith and our great big God, that promises for you too. So I thank you, Father, for bringing these two women together. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that Nana's for Cynthia and Cynthia's here for her. And Father, I thank you that your holy purpose is manifest in this woman's life. Your will be done. Your healing be done in her. Heaven come. Heaven invade earth. Invade this woman invade her body may she be restored to normal in Jesus name we pray amen amen so be it so be it amen <laughs> hallelujah 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 okay I thank you guys for coming I thank you. When you go home this week, think about what you heard. Don't think about what you have or haven't received. Think about what you've seen, because we've seen the invisible God made visible here tonight through these testimonies. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry about doing everything right. Don't worry about methods. Just, just go to Jesus. It's, it's good. And become forever changed. You will be. When you seek him, you can't help but find him. So I just thank you for coming. I, I just speak a blessing over you. A blessing of an impartation of that hunger. Even a new hunger. Even a greater hunger. Even closer relationship. And knowing that you're loved even more. In Jesus' name. Amen.